0: So um, I think we're sort of getting picked up in the sound system, but I'm going to I'm going to use both mics just so in case. Um, Would you pray with me? Most gracious God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you promise to be with us no matter what. Your presence is with us that you promise to never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, may we find hope there. To that end, I pray that you would pour upon me the gift of preaching that my very frail and broken and human words might, by the power of your Holy Spirit, become your living word, uniquely crafted for each and every one of our hearts. We pray this with great confidence, for we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this is our second of five sermons on Susan Haynes' book, Bittersweet, about how longing and sorrow can make us whole. If you're interested in the weekly email, um, we sent out some links to Susan Cain's page that has a listing of some of the sad songs that she uh, has found, but also some other information if you're curious um, about that. Please take a look. Last week, we talked about the question that sort of prompted her to write this book about sad songs and the power that sad songs have in our life and why they are so powerful. She really concluded that it's because the artist has been courageous enough to take their pain and turn it into something beautiful. And as they do that, and we listen to it, we feel a sense of connection and a sense of love. It's a beautiful thing. My conclusion last week was such courageous work of transforming pain into beauty is kingdom. This is God's calling for every Christian individually and the church as a whole. Yet most of us are not keen on this calling. There's something deep within us, an innate longing, that tempts us to believe that it's possible to avoid experiencing serious pain. And, if that's true, then we can also avoid the difficult work of having to turn it into something beautiful. Whew, right? I mean, that would really be nice if life were just really like that, right? That we don't have to do it. Where does this longing come from that would make us think that way? Well, Susan tells us it comes from a very real, intrinsic hope within us, the longing to return to the perfect home from which we've come, a place where there is no more pain or sorrow or death or grief. And so especially as Christians, we come upon this longing rightly. The new heaven and the new earth await us. So quite naturally, one thing we are tempted to rely on to minimize our pain is our faith. Who better to protect us from serious suffering than the one who created us and saved us? As such, our faith can sometimes seem like a cosmic insurance policy. How does this work? Well, our cosmic insurance policy protects a very reasonable circle that we have drawn or created. A circle that contains our top five or ten things that we cannot face the sorrow of. Most of our circles include our family's health, protection from violence or life-threatening accidents, and some measure of economic stability. Truly... Most of us remind God that we are not asking for the moon. We're not expecting fame or to be a billionaire. No, God, our expectations are the very definition of reasonable. We have a very reasonable circle. Just don't invade my circle. Yet no matter how reasonable that circle is, nor how strong the intrinsic longing and hope inside of us that a life of pain avoidance actually exists... Being a Christian does not an insurance policy make. At some point, every single person's very reasonable circle gets invaded. And when this circle invasion happens, it often causes a crisis of belief. Anne Voskamp, the author of the best-selling book, Gratitude, entitled A Thousand Gifts, vocalizes what such a crisis might look like. She says this in a prayer. Your plans are a gutted, bleeding mess, and I didn't sign up for this. And you really thought I'd go for this? No, God. This is ugly, and this is a mess. Can't you get anything right and just haul all this pain out of there, and I'll take it from here? I don't know about you, but I've certainly responded to my circle being invaded by throwing a prayer tantrum. Right? Yet in the end, God patiently shows us more. God is fine with us doing a prayer tantrum. He's fine. He understands how hard this life is, for he came in the form of Jesus and lived it. He understands what suffering and pain and sorrow is. He understands, just like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, Lord, take this cup from me. He understands how hard it can be. Yet in the end, God patiently shows us more. He keeps waiting on us, and we'll either stick with God long enough to learn the lesson, or maybe this time we'll walk away for a while, or something in between. Anne Voskamp sticks with God and ultimately discovers a better way. Her life is transformed as she learns to seek out God's presence and trust that he is good, even in the darkest of nights. Brian Dennegan was a member of my youth group in First Presbyterian Church in Houston in the 90s. He, he lost his mother at a very young age, and he turned his own early pain and sorrow into something beautiful. And ultimately, he became the lead pastor at Highland Park Presbyterian Church in Dallas at the age of 34 years old. Brian died in his sleep this past October at 44 years old. He was a husband, a father of three children under the age of 10. I attended his funeral. His newly widowed wife of less than a week, Allie, stands first to speak, talking about someone's circle being invaded. Her circle has been decimated, and yet right before our eyes she was turning unfathomable sorrow into something beautiful. And the experience bolstered by faith. For Allie's testimony, and it was no less than that, boldly reminded us that God never promises to keep us from suffering and pain in this life. God never promises that our very reasonable circle will not be invaded. That's not God's Side That's us and what we want. No, Allie said God's promise is that he will never leave or forsake us, even in uncomprehensible pain and sorrow like hers. And that this is enough. But it got even stronger. As she says this, she introduces an excerpt from one of Brian's sermons on this very topic. Allie stands perfectly still as we hear Brian in his own words proclaim that God's greatest promise is to be with us in the face of the worst this life can throw at us. Then, after Brian's voice faded, she ends with, the only reason I'm able to stand here and hold myself together and speak to you today is because of Christ's Presence in me. God with her. This is the promise. This is how we are able to turn pain and sorrow into something beautiful. This is how we are able to respond to the calling that God has, as difficult as it is to live in this world and know that pain and sorrow are coming. In that moment, Ali transformed her immeasurable pain and sorrow into something beautiful as her very life circumstance showed us all that God is with us even in our darkest nights. And that's enough. We witness how God's presence is enough in today's readings from Paul in 2 Corinthians. I mean, Paul's list of pain and suffering is pretty over the top. Five times the 40 lashes minus one. He was beaten with rods three times. He was pelted with stones three times shipwrecked. He was in constant danger from rivers, bandits, his fellow Jews and Gentiles. That's everybody. He's faced danger in the city and in the country and at sea. And he's known hunger and thirst. And it's often gone without food. This is God's man. Right? I mean, he didn't start out as God's man. But he ends up as God's man. This is after He's come to God, right? And so Syri- Then in Philippians, Paul says, I have learned contentment no matter the circumstance. Now think of the circumstance. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Like Ali, Jesus is with Paul. And that is enough. Even with all the suffering and pain he's endured... God strengthens us in our difficult calling to turn our pain into beauty by never leaving us. His presence is with us. In it's May, 19, May 28, 1992, Sarajevo is under siege, a civil war. The enemy has cut water and electricity. The day before. Twenty-two people were killed by a mortar shell as they lined up for bread. Vedran Schmidler, lead cellist for the Sarajevo Opera Orchestra, was nearby when this happened, and he he helped care for the wounded. Susan Cain writes, Now he's returned to the scene of the carnage, dressed as if for a night at the opera house in a formal white shirt and black tails. He sits amidst the rubble on a white plastic chair, his cello propped between his legs. The yearning notes of Albinoni's adagio in G minor float up to the sky. You can feel the longing, can't you? You feel the sadness. All around him, the rifles fire, the shelling booms, the machine guns crackle.
1: Shelly keeps on playing. He'll do this for 22 days.
0: Wow. One day for each person killed at the bakery, somehow the bullets will never touch him. In the face of horrible pain and sorrow, Bedron is risking it all to turn the city's pain, including his own, into something beautiful. And its impact is felt. Susan tells how Bedron's gesture reverberates throughout the city. And during the darkest days of the siege, Shmuelovic will inspire other musicians to take to the streets with their own instruments. They don't play martial music to rouse the troops against the snipers or pop tunes to lift everyone's spirits. They play the albinoni. What about each of us? Have we made a very reasonable circle deal with God? That if we can just muster enough faith, God will protect us from the pain and suffering Of these most precious things inside that circle. Or maybe we bought into the cultural norm that if we exert enough control, we can keep the pain and sorrow at bay. In my first-hand experience, neither of those plans work. Maybe it's time to Paul and Allie Dunigan. And like them, seek the faith to believe that God's presence with us is enough. And therefore, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. This is how sorrow and longing can make us whole. Let me say that one more time. This is how sorrow and longing can make us whole. This is how we find the courage to join Paul and Allie in the difficult yet worthy calling from God of transforming unfathomable pain and sorrow into something beautiful. And this is the hard and difficult reality of authentic faith.
1: But don't forget there's a reason
0: for our trusting God even in our suffering. For that longing to go home is real. There really is a place where there is no more suffering and pain. And Jesus is the guiding light that leads us there. And so as we sing this morning, each week we're going to sing this guiding light chorus. And we're going to do the same uh, thing we did last week, this week. But every week I may change up some of the parts, but we're going to keep that guiding light chorus right front and center and my hope is is that today you'll think about that in light of the pain and the sadness and the sorrow that you've experienced in life that jesus is here and that he is our guiding light he is in this room and as we sing i want you to think about singing to him meaning the words that you say that when i need to get home you're my guiding light Therefore, I will build my house upon your love. I can trust you because you promise to be with me always to never leave and forsake me. Grateful for my stage hands today who (laughs) are doing this on the fly. You want to sing on this mic? Mm -hmm. Um, Not really. So, um, we sang this last week. The first part is pretty easy to learn. And I just want you to think about, in light of God's promise to be with us and the promise that one day we will live without pain and suffering, that this is the great hope of the gospel, that we respond to God by proclaiming our faith this way as we worship him. We could ever see. Worthy of all the praise we could ever
1: be. Good, sing out. Worthy of every breath we could ever. Thank yeah. you.
0: is so God is so pleased God is so pleased not because it was beautiful but because we are worshiping and responding to him in this way can we give Eliza and McKenna thanks today for their help with my